Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just a warning. This episode details the death of a young man for which no one has been convicted. A person of interest in the case was acquitted from the charge of murder and manslaughter in 2009. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Investigates. I'm your host, April Glover. This is part two of our episode entitled, What Happened to Matthew Levison? The story of a 20-year-old man who disappeared from a nightclub in September 2007. Last week, we spoke to Matt's dad, Mark. We see Matt's friends, you know, Matt's wonderful, loyal friends who are all growing up and growing older. Yeah, Matt's frozen the 20. And this week, we speak to his mother, Faye. It was like Matty was killed twice. He was taken the first time, and then when the findings were handed down, he was taken away from us again. What happened to Matt is any parent's worst nightmare. Losing a child at all is a horror no person should go through. But losing that child in such a terrible way, the not knowing where he was for 10 years, unable to even bury him, that's almost impossible to fathom. You'll find out as this episode goes on, but Faye and Mark have a certain strength that is only summoned in the darkest of times. They had the strength to search for their son's remains in the bush for 10 years. The strength to face his accused killer in court and the strength to still fight for other victims and members of the LGBTQI community over 12 years on. Today, Faye tells me about what she hopes Matt's death will change. He didn't know it in life, but in his tragic death, Matt Levison's story touched millions of people. Here's my conversation with Faye. So firstly, Faye, how did it feel in the early moments of trying to contact Matthew and knowing he was missing and having no idea where he was? Panic, absolute panic, even though it is known that the previous year he did go missing and we couldn't find him for about 24 hours. That was horrific. And a little part of me thought, yeah, maybe something similar, but I knew deep down it wasn't because he promised he would never do that again to us because he saw what it did to the family and so I knew this was different. I had a funny feeling I call it mother's intuition especially when I had to contact the it to find out where Maddie was and his first words through me are, oh, I'm under a machine crying and that will always resonate with me that he said that knowing darn well what had happened you were very close with Matt, weren't you, Faye? You you had a very close mother-son relationship, even we though had, he was yeah. out of home. We did. There were times we didn't contact. Uh, sometimes it was it wasn't even weekly, but we had that bond that we um, after that first time he went missing, um, that he was actually with Atkins, and Atkins denied it. But I knew that whenever there was a family get together, birthday family crisis he was always there and 
things just changed when Atkins came onto the scene and um, deep down I knew there was something wrong but I never thought it would end like that. I, If I had that inkling, I would have gone down there, dragged him home and locked him in his bedroom. <laughs> And I still beat I still beat myself up about not going down there and getting him out of there when I knew that he was with him. But we figured that, you know, we accepted his partner. We thought if we tell him, you know, there's the big age gap and everything else, even though he wasn't aware of the, how old Atkins really was, he thought he was 10 years younger, we would have lost him. So we were grabbing on to any, any moment we could to, to see our son. How do you describe the particular brand of grief of losing someone but not knowing what happened to them or where their remains are? You can't describe it. It's something I wouldn't want anybody to try and put themselves into that feeling. It's just hopelessness, helplessness. You beat yourself up. What could I have done? Could I have done something? You don't want to go there. It's just too horrific. It just tears you apart. And as a mother, and Mark would feel the same way as a father, you want the best for your kids and they get hurt. You hurt, hurt, I think, sometimes more than what they do because you just want to make things right. And we couldn't make it right. For those 10 years, we couldn't give our other two boys back their brother. How do you make a promise to your other sons that we will bring him home? We will definitely get him home. You know, you can say we'll try, but... You can't. And it was actually more than the stroke of... I wouldn't even call it luck that we got him back because it wasn't. You just hope for the best. And you've got to hang on to that hope because if you haven't got that hope, you're going to find him. You've got nothing. And you just go into a a, a bigger pit of despair. So you've got to, got to think, yeah, we're going to find him. When the case grew cold, Faye and Mark took matters into their own hands. They looked for Matt in the Royal National Park themselves, from dawn till dusk. Faye says, as a mother, she couldn't bear the thought of her son lying in a bush grave in the cold, dark forest. Faye couldn't just sit at home, knowing her baby was somewhere in that bush. Was it that hope that spurred you and Mark on when you would go and search for, for Matthew in the park by yourselves? And, and, it, was, it was hope, it was love, it was love for Maddie knowing that as a little boy, he didn't like the dark. We'd always have night lights in his bedroom and in the hall, and knowing he was out somewhere alone, in the dark, in the cold, in the elements, that's not how a person should be. That's not how they should end their life. Um, and for our other two sons, we didn't want them to go, if we passed, because nobody knows what the future holds, nobody knows what's around the corner, if we passed, they would be still looking for him. And we didn't want them that for them. We wanted somewhere where they could go Mm -hmm. and they could remember him and talk to him and not have to spend their weekends looking for him. Was it those 10 years of searching for him and coming up with nothing? Is that what made you have to make the decision, which you called the deal with the devil that you had to make, choosing between justice and bringing Matthew home? It was. It was. It was. It wasn't a decision that was taken lightly. I mean, when it was first put on the table, I said no. Our youngest didn't want the deal, and um, then when it was put to me that it, by not having the deal, it's lose lose. We'll probably never find Maddie, and to be told that the case would probably go back 
to cold case and sit there and never see the light of day again. That was not going to happen. Then they said, well, it could be a win-lose, 50-50 chance we might get Maddie back. But then he would walk and I would, we'd rather have Maddie home and farewelling with respect and dignity as everybody deserves than be out there forever and a day. And the thought of him walking really got to me. But I thought, I'd rather have our son. We'd rather bring our son home. That was the most important thing to be able to say, we brought him home. We brought him home where he belongs. And that was the main thing. I mean, whatever happens to Atkins now, that's on his head. That's him. He's got to live with it. Not that it, it worried him or it probably doesn't worry him now. He didn't love Matt. He said he did, but he didn't. For 10 years, he played the game. 10 years, he played the gamble that he would never have to give up that what he did to Maddie. And he will never take responsibility of what he did. Fair is never a word that could describe what you and your family went through, Faye. It doesn't... No, it's not it right wasn't word. fair. It's not... It was, it was just horrible. I can't. There's no word to describe the feeling that we went through, the despair, the heartache. It was just, it was terrible. And we'll never get over it. We'll never get over the death of Maddie. We'll never get get over his murder. We'll never, we'll never be. Our normal is a different normal to people now. We've got to live with the fact that our son was taken. We've got to live with the fact we no longer can talk to him, hug him, see him, watch him grow old. He's forever 20 to us. He never got to see his 21st birthday. His brother, who turned 18 that year, he never got to celebrate his 18th birthday with his two brothers. In fact, he didn't celebrate his birthday. How could you? We never got to, to celebrate Matt's 21st. And Atkins knew that. Atkins knew that he knew what he was doing. Last episode, Mark described the decision he and Faye had to make to find where Matt's body was buried. A deal with the devil, they called it. Michael Atkins, Matt's boyfriend at the time of his disappearance, was found not guilty on the charges of murder and manslaughter. But he was facing perjury for lying under oath during the inquest. If convicted, Atkins was looking at 10 years behind bars, but in exchange for immunity, he said he would lead the police to Matt's remains. The Levisons grappled with this decision. It wasn't an easy one. It was a tug of war between justice and finding Matt's body. Eventually they agreed, enough was enough. It was time to bring him home and give Matt the burial and goodbye he truly deserved. How do you remember Matthew and pay tribute to him in your family? We just remember his smiling, beautiful, cheeky smile, his big dimples, the glint in his eye. He was a prankster. He was always playing pranks. He was he was bubbly. Um, he he loved he loved to party, and I'll always have the memories of dancing with him and his brother's twenty first. I've got those memories, and for some reason, we had photos taken at that twenty first in the September, and I've got a beautiful photo of me yeah. and him cuddling, and it's just so precious because we didn't normally get photos like that. We got yeah family photos, but. We were both smiling, we were both happy. And the fact is, on that 21st, Atkins was seen being manhandling Maddie. And we didn't know 
he kept that from us, but I knew when we said goodbye to him that night, he gave me the biggest bear hug. Like he didn't want to go, he said, I love you, Mum. And he didn't, he kept the fact away from us that it was a bad night for him in, in some respects, some parts of the night. Yeah, hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? But I guess you were always thinking Maddie's an adult and you wanted to make him, let him make his own life decisions, didn't you? Well, he was. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he had the world at his feet. He he had plans for his life. He wanted to travel. He was making plans to buy a new car. He'd asked Mark to help him with a loan for the car. You know, and then Atkins turns around and says, oh, you know, he, he he's just taken off sort of thing, and... You don't do that. What do you hope this case will perhaps teach people or maybe even make a change in the justice system, Faye? I'd like to see changes in the law where where his evidence wasn't allowed into court because it was biased against him. I reckon all evidence should be in court. There should nothing be left out of court. There was so much evidence that we couldn't bring him to trial because he wasn't read his rights. When he became went from helping the police to a suspect, they didn't read him his rights. It shouldn't matter. Everything, his character should have been called in. Anything connected with that person who's committed a crime should be laid on the table for the jury to hear everything, not just what his, uh, his barrister wants the court to hear. Mm. It's a compl- um, complicated system, isn't it? Too, too it is. Far too complicated, especially it for is. people who have never experienced it before and are being dragged through it against their will. Well, it opened our eyes. It opened our eyes. It, it just shows. And when you look back at all the other different cases that the murderers, are, they might get a conviction, then they're allowed to appeal. And then they get off. And they're walking back out in society knowing darn well they've killed their partner or somebody. And... Some of them are getting compensation because they were locked away and then they were acquitted. How fair is that? Tell that to the surviving members of their family. They get nothing. We get nothing. We've got to live with the fact that some our loved one's been murdered. And they seem to have the right, all the rights. They go into jail. They get three three meals a day. They get If they want to do university degrees or whatever they want to do, they seem to be able to do it. But what do the victims get? What do the victims... the, the the victims that are murdered, their life's cut short. Mm. They don't get anything. They don't get to grow old. It's just not fair. Mm. It's backwards. It's very backwards. And the fact that he could appeal if he'd been convicted, yet we weren't allowed to appeal on his acquittal. Mm. How can that be fair? If if one side's allowed to, to appeal, why isn't the other side allowed to appeal if they're not happy with the with the outcome of the case? How fair is that? It's hard to comprehend, isn't it? Very. It's a, it's a bitter pill. For victims everywhere, it's a bitter pill. And you see it nightly on the news. The the soft sentences the judges are handing out. It's just It's just so wrong. Matt's disappearance and the recovery of his body made national headlines. Let's go to Sydney now where police are still at a bushland location south of the city where bones believed to be the remains of missing man Matthew Leveson were found yesterday. Every time a search was conducted in Royal National Park, Australia held its collective breath. Once he was found, identified and properly laid to rest with a funeral, 
All the Levisons had left was a memory. And they didn't want Matt to just be a crime headline. He was so much more. And Faye's heart breaks when she thinks about who he could be now. Matt would be 32. He might have been married, had children, living abroad. He never even lived to see same-sex marriage legalised in Australia. He didn't even live to see his 21st birthday. Unfortunately, the way Matt was remembered in the media was the, the way his life was tragically cut short, but I'm sure now you want people to remember him for the beautiful, bubbly person he was. What do you want people to know about Matt or to remember him by? Just that he was a beautiful person. He was a person who would give the shirt off his back. He he just loved life. He was just a normal young man wanting to make his way in, in, in the world. Um, he loved his friends and they loved him and we were very lucky that a lot of his friends have stayed by us and they've become our extended family and we'll never be able to thank them enough for what they've done to us with us over the years to get to bring Maddie home, being there for us all the time. His friends, they keep in contact, we keep in contact with them and we'll be forever grateful. Um, it was the they helped helped us get through it all and we've made friends along the way that have now become family. That's beautiful. Something to hold on to there. It is. It's, and that's when we had his, I won't call it a funeral for Matt, it was a celebration of his life. We wanted people to come in bright colours. He's mm. purple and, and that, and to remember the happy times they had with him. And we did, that's all we did. We, we spoke about the happy times. Um, and I know nothing anyone can say can help Faye or, or bring Maddie back, but was is there anything you wanted to add to say about what you and your family have been through or what you've experienced? Just to the young boys, just be so careful with who you go out with. Be careful who you who you talk to on the internet. The internet is such a dangerous place. You don't know really who you're talking to. You don't know who you're meeting. People live double lives. Mm. So just be very, very careful. And to the parents who, who shun their, their gay sons or their daughters, please don't. They're special. They're human. They're, it doesn't change who they are. They're still, they're still the person that they are. They've got, they've still got the good heart. They're still, they're still your child. How can you turn your back on them? Thank you, Faye. That's a really important message. Thank you for saying that. Okay. Well, that's how we feel. We march with P Flag every year. Um, and their parents and friends are gay and lesbians and they support them. They do a marvellous job with the, with the families. People are having troubles. Um, and they're, they're no different. No, of course not. They're no different. We're all human, aren't we? Yep. Just wanting love. That's all. We all want love. We all want the same thing, so why can't they have it? Exactly right, Faye. Michael Atkins has since told police he believes Matthew Levison overdosed on drugs and he buried his body because he was worried about his reputation. Due to the state of Matt's remains, a coroner could not determine a cause of death. Atkins has not been criminally convicted. We are not suggesting he is a killer. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe. And if you have a story which needs further investigation please get in touch at newidea at pacificmags.com.au. Thanks again and see you next time. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.